Hi, and welcome to the Trailside Channel. We are so glad you're joining us. God has a place and a purpose for you, and we hope this message helps you find that and know how much He loves you. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the message. Hey, good morning and welcome to Trailside Church. We are glad that you have joined us on this very special day where we're going to be kicking off a series in the book of Psalms. Um, We're not only kicking off a series on any um, chapter of the Psalms, but this is Psalm 23. This is the most recognizable Psalm in the entire Bible. And I would even argue that if you were to um, put this with any of the most popular passages from the entire Bible, you have John 3.16, and then right after that you have Psalm 23. And most of us know Psalm 23, right? Um, Most of us, if you've had any experience in church at all, if you've been to vacation Bible school, if you've been in any church, or if you've had Facebook long enough, you've seen where somebody has posted some quote, something on the side of a mug or right after live, laugh, love that says Psalm chapter 23, right? How does it go? The Lord is my... Okay, at least you got that much. I... Okay, you get the rest. All right, you know, you you got it, you got it. So for five weeks, Sean is going to be leading you all through a series investigating and diving deep into the chapter Psalm 23. It's a really, really famous psalm. In fact, it's transcended the Bible. You can find it all over popular media. It is even in songs. People like Bach have had songs written around Psalm chapter 23. Other people, um, the Grateful Dead, some of you guys know who that is is Tupac Shakur, Shakur, a few of you know who that is, Um, Grateful Dead, uh, Tupac, U2, you guys know that one? All right, U2, Rick Ross, any Rick Ross fans in the room? All right. Sean? Okay. All right. uh, Marilyn Manson, Megadeth, Dragon Force, and several others have written songs or quoted Psalm chapter 23 somewhere in it because we know this is popular. This is something that all of us could quote, but we want to get down to the roots of what Psalm 23 is. And when we say good shepherd, what is it that we are saying? Psalm chapter 23 was written by King David. King David was the second king of Israel, of God's people. He was the most prominent king, the most powerful king, the one who had all of the wealth, who got all of the military victories. He expanded the land of Israel, um, and he was God's chosen person. This was probably around 1000 BCE where King David wrote this. Uh, It's 109 words in English. In the Hebrew, it's 55 words. And here's the thing, sometimes when we know Scripture so well, sometimes when we can quote Scripture and we can just gloss over it, we tend to lose the meaning. We can become so familiar with something that we miss what God is trying to convey to us, what He's saying to us. And so we want to spend the next several weeks walking through and really wrestling with, and I would encourage you to do that on your own as well, but trying to almost um, devour what Psalm chapter 23 is saying to us. Before we get there, though, I want to introduce myself. My name is Charlie Buchanan. I am an associate pastor at First Pres Greenville downtown. I worked with Sean for about five years, so thank you for your prayers. Um, no, those are, <laughs> those are good times. Um, and so Sean tolerated me for quite some time. Nathan in the back, too. We worked together for a little bit before he started wearing the blue. And um, it, was, it was a good time. And so I'm grateful to be here today. And here's two things about me. Um, people always say I look angry. Okay, people say that when you get up and speak, you look angry. All right, I do, I get it. Okay, I get it. I have two very distinct biological disadvantages working against me. One, I have a big head. 
Okay. I'm 6'1", 190 pounds. Even at that stature, I have a big head, okay? Don't come up to me afterwards. Your head looks fine. No, it doesn't. All right, this is a diagnosable thing. All right, second is I have eyes the size of apostrophe marks, okay? My eyes are fully open right now. All right, I'm not, I can't get anymore. My field of view is this, all right? You put those two, I'm not, is it a joke? <laughs> I struggle every day. <laughs> You put those things together, and you get a guy who just kind of looks angry, all right? I'm not angry. I love y'all, most of y'all. Um, Brad, I've got some questions about, but I love y'all. Um, so, <laughs> Psalm chapter 23. Did that get a clap? <laughs> okay, it's Aiden. Yeah, all right. So, <laughs> yeah, let's hate Brad, all right? All right, Psalm chapter 23 is where we're going to be. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If not, it's going to be up on the screen for you. You probably don't even need to look because you know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." this is where we're going to be for the next five weeks. And, and if I had a question that I would ask you, if I had a way to really carpet this whole thing, my question would be this. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? You see, all of us in this room probably have different answers to that question. Everyone has different ways of relating to God. And your way of relating to God is the culmination of every decision, every experience, every interaction with anyone that has brought you to right now. Some of you see God as incredibly imminent. You see him as right behind you. You and God hold hands and you frolic through sunflower fields together. And when you pray, you say, hey, Jesus, and you start talking to him. All right, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, Sean's laughing. I'm not making fun of that. Um, but some of us see God as very close to us and that's correct, that's good. Some of us see God as transcendent, and so we approach him with this kind of reverence that he's high and exalted, and he's altogether other, and so he's kind of over there, and we're kind of over here, and we're kind of fearful around God. And in some respects, that's a good view too. I think there's a nice happy median in there. Some of us are terrified of God. Some of us view God as this cosmic killjoy that if we laughed at the Rick Ross joke, you guys are going to, uh, he's going to sweep through and, you know, break your life or whatever. And, and we don't want to go outside of the rules of God. We view him as this taskmaster who, all right, here's your rules. And if I see you smiling in service or if you lift your hands, plat out, you're in trouble. And some of us think God is just all together. He's left us alone. We're here by ourselves. And no matter what comes our way in life, no matter what storms of life hit us, that like the disciples in Mark, when Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat and a storm hit, we think, God's just sleeping at the wheel, and I've got to figure this thing out on my own. And so in Psalm chapter 23, it's what we're going to look at. And King David, this is the king of Israel, the most powerful man um, in Israel, in God's kingdom. And he says this, the Lord 
is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Whenever in your Bible, and, and if you have a Bible, I want you to look at it. Dusty, can you pull up verse 1 on the screen? Um, you will see in your Bible that word Lord is what? Capitalized. All right, whenever you see capital L-O-R-D, it, it is this. It's the word Yahweh in Hebrew. Okay, Yahweh, Yohevahe, uh, it's called the Tetragrammaton, okay? God's name is not God. God's name is Yahweh, okay? Here's what this is invoking. The fact that David would even write this name. Because Jews viewed this name, the, the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh, that's his proper name, like Greg Smith, all right? That's Greg. God's name is Yahweh, all right? Whenever they, would, they were so reverent about this name that they began developing other names so as not to say this name. Jehovah, Lord, Adonai. They would say other names. But here David says, the Lord, Yahweh is my shepherd. Um, Trailside Church, get this in your brain for a second. The God who spoke and things happened. The infinite God of the universe the one who in the very beginning spoke, the Latin is ex nihilo, the one who spoke and the universe is flung into existence. The God who holds all things together by the very word of his mouth. He keeps stars burning at their temperatures. He keeps the tides going in and out. He causes you to not even have to think about breathing. You just do it, although you're thinking about it now. The one who created everything that you see and everything that you don't see. The one who knows the inner workings of every atom. The one who knows every word of every chapter of every book in every language ever written is our shepherd. God, get your head around this. God is my shepherd. God. Because he knows everything, because he has all power, because he is all present, he is intimately concerned with the issues in each and every one of our lives. God loves you. Some of you need to hear that. God loves you. We just sang that his love cannot be undone. You cannot sin so much that your shepherd regrets saving you. None of you have caught God off guard with your sin. God wasn't, you know, here's the thing. Well, we'll get to it. All right, I just need to keep focus. The God of the universe is our shepherd. And because of this, David says, I lack nothing. There is no need that I have. There is no thing that I need more of. And I think all of us buy into this lie that at some point in life, we're going to hit this magic mark where we're happy where we're content, where we don't need to have Amazon Prime shipping um, and we don't need things yesterday. We're going to get to this point where we're just happy. So here's the thing. The Lord is my shepherd. And then from that, because of who he is, because the God of the universe cares about me, I lack nothing. And that funnels into the rest of this Psalm, this chapter, I'm going to read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We're going to look at all of these throughout the next several weeks. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay, God is your shepherd. We need guidance in life, don't we? If any of you aren't shaking your head, you've got some serious issues or you're just a child, okay? Um, we need guidance in our life, and God is there to give us guidance. Um, several weeks ago, it might have been two months ago now, my wife and I decided that we were up pace a lot too, sorry about that, um, that we were going to take my daughter down to Atlanta. We were going to go to the aquarium and the World of Coke. We were just going to do like the little quick weekend vacation thing. How many of you have been to Atlanta from Greenville? Okay, you are going to experience frustration right now. So we get in my car and I pull up, we were going to the Moxie Hotel in downtown Atlanta. Um, I get in my car, plug it in, pull up the address on Waze, and because we're living in the future, I have Apple CarPlay in my car, so like the screen just tells me. I, older people in the room, I don't know how you got anywhere before phones. I don't, I don't. I mean, did you like thread some yarn behind your car just to know like how to get home? I, I don't see how it works. So, um, <laughs> I don't get it. Um, so I, I used a map one time and then I had to throw it away because I couldn't fold it back. Um, so <laughs> it's just like, it's ridiculous. Waste of seven bucks right there. Um, so we get in and it's telling me turn by turn. So I get on 85 South, going into Atlanta, drive for two hours. And then you know, if you're going down to the Moxie Hotel in the downtown area, you take um, a left off of exit 84 and you're on Techwood Drive. And that's where Atlanta frustration begins for you. You're shaking your head, you know, you're in this battle. All right, now Waze is very frustrating because it's telling me to go straight, but straight ahead of me there's a roadblock because they're doing some kind of construction. All right, but it's telling me to go straight. So in my mind, I think I'll take two rights and then a left. I think that works out. No, I'll take some rights and then a left or whatever, and I'll get to where I'm going, right? I did that. There was another little roadblock we had to go around, took another left, and all of a sudden, I realized, and I'm a man, so like in my pride, I'm like, we're lost, but I'm not saying anything. I'm just going to keep it cool. So I'm driving, and all of a sudden, my wife pipes in. She goes, do you know where you're going? I say, yeah, baby, it's right up here. And then finally, my four-year-old daughter, from the back, four-year-old, precocious, thinks she knows everything. She's a small dictator. We call her Kim Jong Caroline. Um, <laughs> and um, from the <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I have, I have arrived. <laughs> I got a snort. That's a first. Nine years of preaching. <laughs> I'm done, Sean. We're going to pray and uh, close it up. <sighs> My four-year-old daughter from the back, she goes, Daddy, you're lost, aren't you? I said, no, child, you can't spell your name. I don't need advice from you. I was mad. My wife told me exactly how to get to the Moxie because she had been there before. So she guided me through Atlanta traffic. But in my pride, I didn't want to admit that I was lost. But come on. If we're being real with ourselves, if we're taking off the mask that oftentimes we wear in church, the mask, no, 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 we're doing fine. We're great. I'm fine. You know, I got the best clothes on. I'm on the dean's list at Furman. Things are going great. My job is just killing it right now. The band is put together. Um, if we could get past that for a second, and I know church isn't a place where we need to be honest with each other, um, but if we could... I think we would admit that if left to our own devices, 
we'd be in trouble, right? Because whenever we're at the helm of our lives, it's not long before brokenness comes through. It's not long before there's pain or something goes wrong or there's difficulty. Maybe your marriage is experiencing trouble. Maybe depression is creeping in on you because of life changes that just happened. It's not long before relationships start to deteriorate. And we have a culture that's giving us piffy advice that stems from the exaltation of the human mind during the enlightenment of just follow your heart. What terrible advice. Have you ever followed your heart? Do you say that, Mikey? No, I told them yesterday. I would never say that. That's good. You should keep following your heart. Okay. Um, we, <laughs> if I followed my heart, I'd still be in bed eating Chinese food right now. It's terrible advice. Follow your heart? Oh, I hope there's something better than that out there. The Lord is my shepherd. Let me ask you this. How often do you consult God when it comes to the matters of your life? How often do you actually say, God, help me with this decision? God, help me determine, because you guys are facing a lot of decisions. All of us are. God, help me determine what major I'm going to be in. Because, you know, at 18, 19 years old, it's good to just plot out the rest of your career. God, help me determine how to seek counsel for my marriage that's falling apart. There's a lot of young families in the room. God, we just had a baby, and now I'm suffering from postpartum depression, even though this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Where do I get help? And is it okay to talk about these things? God, do I marry this person? Do I not marry this person? Do I invest money in my 401k, or do I just try and live paycheck to pay? How do I do this? How often are you consulting God with the matters of your life? Because here's the thing Jesus tells us. He cares. He cares. God cares about you. You know what's kind of interesting? Um, we have this thing with God called access. And let me, let me kind of pan that out for you. Um, if you and I wanted to talk to Donald Trump, all right, I'm not making a political statement. All right, I'm just saying he's the president of the U.S. All right, so let's just go with that today. If you wanted to talk to Donald Trump, how would you do it? All right, you might be able to reach him on Twitter, but other than that, you can't. All right? That was a joke, all right? Uh, you can't. Baron Trump wants to talk to the president. What does he do? He walks into his dad's office, right? He just goes in. Nobody's going to stop him. Do you know in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that you and I have access to the throne room of God because what Jesus has done. You and I, like Baron Trump walking in to say, Dad, I'm getting frustrated with this thing or whatever. You and I can do that with God? That the God of the universe would bend his ear to listen to my complaints or my struggles or my issues? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Shepherds do three main things. They guide. We've talked about that a little bit. They protect and they provide. God guides you. Now, we don't take that guidance a lot. Sheep are really dumb animals, all right? And in the same way, humans are kind of really dumb animals too, all right? Are we all in agreement with that? If anybody doesn't agree with that, I'd love to hear your reasoning. <laughs> sheep will walk off a cliff when left to their own devices. Like if you leave a sheep near a cliff, it's not long before, bah, all right, it's over. <laughs> Lamb chops for everyone, all right? We laugh, but you would do the same thing. 
because a lot of us walk off cliffs in our lives all the time. And when wise people come around you and say, you shouldn't do that, you're walking right off that cliff. The shepherd is here to guide us. What's really interesting is sometimes, sometimes, and if you look at this passage, he guides us even into difficulty. Sometimes he leads us through the valley of darkness and the shadow of death. Some of you are in this room and you're hurting. There is hurt in real, not trying to discredit it in any way, real, legitimate hurt. Terminal illness diagnosis. Your kids are getting bullied. You're in debt. Whatever it might be. Real pain. And I'm not here to talk about human suffering or, or kind of the theology of why evil exists in the world, but here's what I do know, that the good shepherd is leading you to greener pastures. And that although we can't see it right now, the difficulty in your life is not going to waste. That in the economy of God, every tear, every night you stay up late crying yourself to sleep is not wasted, but it is working for a peculiar glory where God is refining you and molding you and shaping you because he knows that on the other side of that dark valley is a green pasture. Two of you nodded. Thank you. <laughs> He's working for your good. In fact, I would argue God is working for your good more than you are. God cares about your holiness. He cares about your joy more than you do. Because we're so involved in self-destructive behaviors, we're so glued to our cell phones that more and more empirical data is showing increases anxiety, increases depression, feelings of isolation and loneliness, addictions. It's really... it's literally rewiring the way your neural synapses fire off. We're becoming slaves to technology, and God is saying, put down the phone! The Lord is my shepherd. He protects us from enemies outside, but more often than not, at least in my life, I find him protecting me from enemies within. When I want to look at my phone instead of read my Bible, when I want to binge and watch this new series on Netflix, I find oftentimes God is protecting me from me. So a good shepherd guides, he protects, and he provides. Um, do you know that God provides for you? The scriptures tell us that every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights. Everything you have, every bit of joy is brought to you by God. Every good thing that comes in your life first filtered through the fingers of God the Father. Every time you look into your newborn child's face, and you smile, that is from God. Every time you see that person that you're crushing on and there's butterflies in your stomach, that is from God. Every time you get um, just an attaboy at work and it makes you feel good, that's from God. God provides for you. What's so weird about that, though, is we love the accumulation of stuff, don't we? I think deep down in every single one of us, there's this um, restlessness. Henry Thoreau said that most men lead lives of silent desperation. And I think many of us find ourselves there and we have this kind of gnawing in our life where um, we think that if we just get to this next level, then we'll be satisfied, right? Does, has anybody ever felt that? Raise your hand. Okay, good. There's three types of people. People who are honest, people not paying attention, and liars. Good, okay? <laughs> um, I remember when I was in high school, 
I had this sense of, I can't wait to get my first girlfriend. Once I get my first girlfriend, then, then I'll have happiness and sustaining joy. And then I got a girlfriend, she was crazy. Um, <laughs> can't wait to get another girlfriend, then, you know. And then it was, can't wait to get my first car. Can't wait to get to college. Can't wait to get a job. Can't wait to get married. Can't wait to get a house. Can't wait to have a kid. And yet I have all that stuff. And there's still, if I'm being really honest with you, there's still this kind of gnawing. And so what I do now is I get on Amazon Prime because <laughs> I need it. And I need, no matter how small it is, you know, I need one pencil and I need it shipped to my house by tomorrow or I'm going to be mad. I mean, mad. And I think that that's going to fulfill me. I need, I need Amazon now service. Now you in Greenville, at least, I don't know about TR, y'all are way out here. Um, you can get free groceries shipped, not free groceries. You can get groceries shipped to you for free in two hours. Two hours. I need stuff to make tacos two hours from now. And I want you to walk into my house. I want you to have the code to my car. And I want you to open my trunk and place it in there, whether I'm in it or not. Whether I'm in traffic, just open the car because I need it. <laughs> we live in a culture where it's need, need, need. I need more stuff. Give me stuff. It's going to make me happy. God provides for you. The Lord is my shepherd. Because of that, I lack nothing. Do you feel, I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you feel like you lack nothing? The answer is probably no. I feel like I need stuff. The next question is, do you lack nothing? And the answer across the board is yes, because the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Here's the thing. It's very easy to discredit this. Very easy to look at Psalm chapter 23 and say, well, that's David. I mean, the scriptures say about him, he's a man after God's own heart. That's not me. Here I am, 3,000 years later, and I'm on my phone all the time. I'm not paying attention to my kid. I'm, you know, just goofing off half the time. I'm not after God's own heart. And we can easily say, well, that's the king of a theocracy. He was God's chosen person. Surely the Lord is his shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And what does that shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus laid down his life for you. That the full wrath of God was absorbed on the cross. Every bit of doubt you've ever had. Every bit of lust you've ever held in your heart. Every bit of anger towards a brother or sister, which Christ says is the same sin as murder. Every bit of cheating on your taxes, because it's that time of year. Every bit of being passive as a leader in your home or in your church or in your job. Every bit of that Christ absorbed on the cross. And what did the good shepherd say at the end? It is finished. You see, some of you think you're so far from God. Some of you really believe that God is angry at you or that you've gone so far, you've done so much, you might still be hungover or even drunk in this room right now. We're really glad you're here. Because here's the thing, you cannot out God's love for you. Let me ask you this. Okay, I'm a Calvinist. Guilty, all right? Um, I'm a purveyor of weapons-grade Calvinism. And um, <laughs> here's my question. 
when Jesus saved you, okay, let's even take it back further. When you were, can we say predestined here? Okay, it's in the Bible. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I don't know if we talk about the Bible here. Okay, cool, all right. All right. When you, <laughs> y'all are one of those low-key Baptist church, right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> when you were predestined, how many of your sins were future sins? All of them. Did you catch God by surprise last night when you messed up? Was God like, oh, heavens. <laughs> no, he knew. And on the other side of that, the emergency is in your life. When pain comes, when suffering comes, when storms come, God is not an ambulance driver who responds to your emergencies. God is the masterful surgeon who takes the scalpel and he begins to cut and there's pain and there's hardship and there's a road to recovery, but in the end, it is for your wholeness and your completion and because he is working for your good. Trailside Church, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the gospel that Christ, the good shepherd, John chapter 10, verse 11, gave up his life for you. And yes, at times he leads you through dark valleys. Yes, at times there is pain and there is sorrow and there are tears. And yes, at times there are times when you raise your fist to the heaven and go, God, why me? And there are times where you ask big questions and have big doubts. And here's the reality that you need to get your head around and I need to get my head around is that God is leading you. He's shepherding you. His rod and his staff are guiding you. They're protecting you. They're providing for you. Your good shepherd has not left you. In fact, the good shepherd says, if you go astray, I'll come get you. He's going to bring you back. A lot of you feel alone. A lot of you feel hurt. A lot of you might not even believe in God. Okay, let's just level with each other. It's really cool to be an atheist right now. Trendy. All right? What if God is leading you here today? Or what if on the video, you know, God brought you to this YouTube video. I'm talking to a camera now. And it's all in his plan. Or what if that season of darkness you're walking through was all from God? And that might not sound like an attractive idea, but what if on the other end it's better? What if on the other side there's a green pasture? You know, when, when shepherds have their sheep and the sheep have eaten everything in that valley, in that pasture, they'll start walking their sheep to another pasture. And sometimes they have to go through briars and thickets. Sometimes they'll have to fend off wolves and people that would seek to harm the sheep. All so that they can be led to a green pasture. God is guiding you somewhere. I don't know where it is. He's guiding you for his will, for his glory. Trailside Church, this is the good news, and today it's for you. Let's pray. Father, we believe that you are leading us somewhere good. Lord, we, we stand and we sing and we talk about how you're good, that your love never fails. But Father, when it comes down to it, some of us just don't believe that in our hearts. And some of us would say, I think it failed here, or I'm not sure if it's good, or that doesn't sound just and right and holy. 
Father, we know that you are our shepherd and you're leading us. And over the next several weeks, Father, you're going to, through Sean and whoever else gets up here and speaks, you're going to open up your word and you're going to transform us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would wrestle that we would not be quick to get out of here and get to lunch, but we would be quick to open up our Bibles and say, what does this mean for me in my life and my situation right now? God, I pray that you would lead this church to good, that you would lead this pastor to good, that you would lead this um, staff to good, that you would lead this great congregation to good. Father, you can, and Lord, we trust that you will. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message and you feel closer to Christ than you ever have before. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit us in person, or help support our mission as we seek to love Jesus, serve others, and live unified, check us out online at trailside.church, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you again soon.